We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good afternoon, everybody. Andrew Filipponi, Chris Muller, Donnie Football today. Hump day across Pittsburgh until 6 o'clock. Hanging out with you. That was ESPN's call of the Oilers' winning streak dying last night. It ends before they tie the Penguins and their record streak of 17 in a row set back in 1993. A year that ended so well with them continuing that play right at, uh, sorry, being told in my ear that's not what happened. Still bitter about 93. I am, actually. Does that record matter to you? The win streak? Yeah. That they keep it. That this is like maybe the Penguins, Mercury, Morris, 72 Dolphins. No, no. if you're going to use the 72 Dolphins as a barometer, no, not even close. I mean, those so there guys... wasn't part of you that wanted Edmonton to lose last night? No, I did, and, and stupidly, so I. stupidly, I... Because you cherished that record is what you're telling me, because why else would you care about that It was game? just partly I wanted to bet against them and have the bet staring me in the face. Vegas to win the game after initially trailing at any point in the game and would have made a nice, handsome amount of money if I had just pulled the trigger on it. But I didn't. So that record doesn't mean anything to you as a Pittsburgh sports fan. You know one of the reasons that it, it means a little less, although it's literally only the last game of the season that turns it into this, is that it's not technically a winning streak. It's an unbeaten streak because they did tie that final game. Mm-hmm. If they win that final game against the Devils. Wait a minute. T- wait a minute. Time out here. The tie gets folded into it. Are you sure about that? I think it's 17 in a row and it ends with a tie. They don't get no, credit no, you're for right. the tie. You're right. I, I guess I'm thinking of 18 unbeaten. That's why I think the Oilers, and I don't know how many overtime or, shut, or shootout wins they have. Donnie, look that up during this streak. How many times did they extend it by getting a three-on-three win? Because I'll tell you this. The that, Penguins, that, that's asterisk stuff. That's putting a mark next to it because the Penguins those Penguins had, weren't afforded that back in 93 The Penguins had two overtime ago. wins in that 17-game winning streak. Uh, they beat the Kings in the second game of it, and they beat the Canadiens. Not a gimmicked overtime, though. You don't come no, through in that overtime. A... It's a tie, and the streak dies. Uh, I... They won uh, once in a shootout. That was pretty early. That was back in late December. Then they had back-to-back overtime wins January 11 and 13. Funny, funny that the only two teams the Penguins needed to beat in uh, overtime in that 93 streak played for the Stanley Cup that year. Montreal and uh, L.A.? Yeah. So, I just have such respect for... Mario's cancer comeback that I want that season. I want there to be something that's unforgettable and cherished till the end of time. And 
How many? How often All do people like things. mention it though? Well, we get it here. I mean, you're right. It's not like nationally. But I, I mean, don't even think if we here, do we fan... do we talk about it that much here? We let you know what the problem oh, with that streak hockey is. Hockey fans here know that. But the problem with that streak is it's sort of a it's like a fun note, and then you know how the the record or the movie ends that year. Yeah, in but like horrifying fashion. If you don't have that streak, then that season just all it has is a bad taste. But at I the think that this sh- makes it bittersweet. That, but yeah, I think they that didn't streak, get it across the finish line, but they did accomplish something that no other NHL Pony, team has been able to do. I think that streak is why people talk about it. That was the greatest Penguins team of all because they ripped off seventeen in a row. But then it's always for me there is that caveat of yeah, and then they didn't finish the job in the playoffs. Like it just it all crumbled horrifyingly. This is. Is this Malsey coming out again? Is this the usual Malsey? This is, your be- this is you being yeah. honest with me. Malsey the cynic coming out again. Here we go. I wanted Edmonton to lose last night because I so want did that I, 93 team to the, have a record. The streak doesn't matter as much to me as maybe it does other people because I just I cannot divorce it from the playoff failing that year. I'm always interested what records or what streaks people care about. 412-928-9370. You want to chime in on this one, you can. Because it it leads me into another thing that I wanted to get to uh, this week at some point. So we might as well do it now because of what happened last night. I'm astonished by the number of people who, in just little chit-chat moments about Sunday, want the Chiefs to win because they don't want the, the 49ers to get to six Super Bowls. Like, they don't want another team on that perch with the Steelers, and have those people forgotten that the Patriots already have six Super Bowls and you're already sharing that like title does, of does winningest? An NFC, so an NFC team getting it makes it even less special? I have not had anybody exp- explain it to me that way. Like, oh no, an NFC team now it would make, has the same if it was the Niners and the Patriots, number of Lombardis as us. If it was the Niners and the Patriots... And people were rooting for no. Let's say let's say it was the Lions and the Patriots, and yes, the Lions would be obviously the people's champ there. But people were also saying, "I'm really pulling extra for the Lions because I don't want the Patriots to get to seven. They pass us at that point. That means something yes. altogether different. I agree with me. that. Even if it was the Niners and the Patriots, and you know the Niners got to tie you to do to keep the Patriots from passing you, I think I'd, I'd obviously be rooting for them. another team tying them now. So what? That's what I. That's so what, what I've said back. Doesn't matter to me. Those those sorts of things also matter less to me because even in the case of the Niners, a lot of their success was the '80s, primarily the '80s. The Steelers' success majority, the '70s, and so like you are arguing about things that in many cases, unless you're probably 50, 55 or older, you didn't really see. Or you didn't really appreciate it as like a kid because you were so little. I like doing ultimate scoreboard and being able to use that on other teams. Browns fans give us crap. Oh, where are your Super Bowls? Same thing with the Bengals. Ravens, a newer team because they didn't take the Cleveland history, but still, like, we are the team that is the uh, the most accomplished, most successful, best team in the division. Best team, if you go by Super Bowls, ever with six. Mm-hmm. Another team matches you. It's definitely a so what kind of moment. Yeah, you've for been me. tied with another team for five years. Yeah, it's a so what moment for me. I wonder how many Browns fans cling to. Yeah, we've got eight NFL championships, or actually a couple of them are AAF. Probably a lot of them do. Got eight NFL championships back when there was like six teams in the entire league. Donnie, are you rooting for the Chiefs for this reason? You don't want the 49ers to tie the Steelers? 
Uh, no, my parents and I actually had a conversation about this like two nights ago. Uh, whenever I, I are they them these dinner. people that I'm talking about that don't want the Niners to tie the Steelers? So my mom brought up that point. Oddly enough, my dad doesn't care about it at all. And my my dad, I thought, uh, brought up one of the best points as a Steeler fan. Like, well, the Steelers have had six since 2009. They've had plenty of chances to build on that. We can't be upset because other teams are starting to catch up. I also think people have it in the back of their minds, like deep down, that let's say San Francisco does win, so they have number six. Mm-hmm. That team's a whole lot closer to getting to number seven than what I the think Steelers that's a good are. Point. I think that's a that's a good point there. So deep down, it's like, oh man, I don't want them to tie because they're going to be because there's a very good chance they they go ahead here. Yeah, I mean, I they're, they're going to be a team that's right back in the mix next year. I agree with that. Well, I wait a minute. Right. If you're really worried about a team catching you, the what Chiefs if, are also the Chiefs getting up. another one that would be four all time because they have Super Bowl four plus the two already with Mahomes. You've got a two Super Bowl lead, and they have the greatest quarterback of this generation in his 20s. I mean, I think that would scare me even more if I'm thinking about like the ring counting thing. Well, I think Donnie got to the core of this right there. He cut right through the BS. You see a lot of teams that are starting to creep up in number in terms of uh, championships and Super Bowl, Super Bowl specifically, and they just seem like much better bets to keep going back and being a threat, and the Steelers seem very far away. I think if I felt like the Steelers had come off a 13-4 and season where they lose a classic to the Chiefs, but you're like, wow, they played them on even footing, right? Kenny Pickett went in there, and Kenny Pickett matched Mahomes throw for throw. Bad luck, bad breaks. That's why okay. they didn't win. I wouldn't be as invested maybe in who in the outcome of the game because I'd feel like the Steelers had shown me enough to think – they're going to get back there, and they're probably going to win one again pretty soon. I don't want the Chiefs to pass the Steelers, but that's years off. I, I don't care about How many, 49- like three? I don't care about, well, is Kelsey going to retire after this game? No. You don't think so? I don't think so. I'm not ruling it out. I think, I think, he- I think even, if he, even if he would, though, it, it doesn't matter that much. Like, he's an all-time great. They could very well find somebody else who's just a stud coming right after oh, I just, I just They think, don't even need a stud. They've won a Super Bowl without Tyree Kill, and they're in a second one without they him, do and need he's a, a they do need first a security ballot Hall blanket. of Fame wide receiver. They need a security blanket, and, and Mahomes and Kelsey play like they have the same mind. They're just going to go to Iowa, ask Kirk Ferentz, who's the best tight end you got coming up, and then draft the guy. Maybe big Andy Reid will uh, waddle off into the sunset, too. But why would he then want to? Then you're down Reid, and you're down... Reid's... Hold on. Kelsey. Humor me. Reid is 65... Yeah. Reed has people the, are saying it, Malzi. The ultimate cheat code at quarterback. I know Andy seems to have like an enjoyment of life in general in a way Bill Belichick doesn't make publicly known. Andy Reed, if he coaches what seven more years, let's say, to the same age Belichick just hung him up at, and they have even close to the level of success they're accustomed to having, he'll have the all-time wins record, and he'll probably then go down as the greatest coach ever because he'll probably win two more Super Bowls at least. And he'll be able to say, I got to a Super Bowl with one team, had a ton of success, then won a bunch with another team and had even more. Brought to you by Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. Why pay 40 when you can pay 25? Call 888-98-TWINS. Seth texted in a question for Donnie. Can a team not win a championship and be considered the best in franchise history, like the 93 Penguins or 76 Steelers? That question's for me. That's what Seth says. Can be considered the best team in team history? Yes. No Cup, no Lombardi. 76 Steelers best 
93 Penguins best. For me, it's no. They didn't finish the job. Did not finish the job. 2000 pa- 2007 Patriots, same deal, 18-1. and Nope. One. Um, I think it's way more that you can say that about a team for like those fun bar conversations with your buddies. You know, they won four in the 70s, but that 76 team was actually the best. You see all those shutouts in a row they had, or the Penguins. Those guys on the team said they'd have beaten the other two. Well, you you didn't. Didn't you crown the 76 Steelers as the Chris Muller mystical champions of the 1976 season? Just like the Buffalo Bills were the champions a couple years ago. The Rams didn't win it. So Uh, you have made a career out of doing this. So you would disagree with Seth on this. You, of course, can crown other teams. Sure, and the the Muller championship is easily more meaningful than the actual one. Uh, Dave tweeted me an idea, though, about this idea that the Chiefs uh, are the favorite in Pittsburgh here, the rooting favorite, because you don't want the Niners to get to six, right? And yep. we all we all said here, well, the Patriots already have six. I'll give Dave this. I don't agree with it, and I don't even know if he does, but an interesting point. He'll say, Steelers fans look at the first three Super Bowls for New England as tainted by Spygate, and they, they think that there's only one true legitimate six Super Bowl team, and that if the Niners win it, there's nothing you can do to poke a hole in it. And he's like, hey, Chris Hoke basically has gone on the on this station and ripped them. Players on those teams have ripped them. Okay. So he thinks fans might feel that way. Still that, happened. I mean I said that I said that back to him. I wrote back, hey, it still happened. And he goes, but for the the average Steeler fan mindset, which is who we're talking about here. Okay. He said they might in their heads have convinced themselves those weren't really title Does teams. the average Pittsburgh sports fan think Hank Aaron is the real home run king or Barry Bonds? I mean, I would assume Barry Bonds. But I'm I'm sure that there is some Donnie, Venn diagram crossover. Dunlap's not on tonight. Is he on tomorrow? Yeah. Does Colin think that the pa- Patriots Super Bowls are tainted? He absolutely does. Does he think Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame? I believe so. How do you reconcile that? I'm sure somebody would does say two very different two very different types of cheating, and they'd start splitting hairs. Or you can be like me and take the correct way out and just say Patriots won those Super Bowls fair and square and Barry Bonds hit 760-plus home runs fair and square. Well, I don't think the Patriots won it fair and square, and I don't think Bonds did it on the up and up, but they don't. Nope. I don't think All either. Fair. <laughs> All fair. All fair. Well, because how many pitchers that were throwing Barry Bonds meatballs that he was crushing were on steroids? They just sucked. Well, a lot of them have been caught. How many teams have been caught for, for doing Spygate stuff? How many teams do that stuff, though, when you hear other coaches talk about it? Like Bill Cowher, who said they just did what we all tried oh, to do. Bill is just complimentary of Belichick because Bill gave him the blueprint to beat Denver in the 05 AFC Championship game, Mulsey. And he's indebted mm. to Belichick forever for that. So you're calling Bill Cowher a liar, then? What do you mean? He didn't say that. He called suggesting, out other teams? Suggesting that, no, no, no. You're saying that Bill is essentially lying when he says they just did what we were all trying to do and uh, did it everybody better. Everybody tells white lies. Oh, interesting how yeah. this turned. My, how the tables have turned. Here's Anthony in Cannonsburg. Hello, Anthony. Hey, Pony, how are you? Hey, man. Hey, we're a big fan, me and my brother. I wanted to see, before I address all the... Uh, Topics. Do you remember us playing cornhole in October for my birthday at the Meadows? I do. Yes. Yeah, you guys that's who I ass. am. You guys I'm the buried shorter, me. wider brother. Okay, that was a good time. Yeah, yeah, I, it was. I was like four or five <clears throat> wines deep. So you beat me. Yeah, but I don't yeah, think it would have made a, a difference. Time. I think you would have beat me even if I was stone cold sober. So what do you got for me, Tone? So I wanted to start with the um, winning record in hockey. To me, that's a record that I think is cool to have, but no big deal. I wouldn't root against the Oilers, even though I'm not a huge hockey fan. Okay. Um, 
the Super Bowls, I think it's a little bit more prestigious. I think New England got there fair and square. I think everybody cheats a little bit when there's a lot of money involved. So I give the Patriots the six championships, and I think it's prestigious that it's only two franchises. And I think nationally we're viewed that way, a good franchise. So I think those are a little bit more important. The one thing I wanted to say, the the streak that I was happy to see end was the Patriots' perfect season. I think David Tyree is a hero in Pittsburgh. So those are my thoughts. Well, wonder- thank you, Anthony. You bet. Because if New England wins that Super Bowl, Greatest season in NFL Greatest history. team of all time. Yep. Greatest season of all time. Seven championships. They become greatest team of all time. And Brady has eight for his career. And that was after Spygate. So, oh, that was the revenge tour for them. It was. Oh, you're saying we only won because of this? We'll just go out and destroy everything in our path, except for the New York football giants. Last catch of David Tyree's career, by the way. Never I met him another, at the Super never Bowl last year. I shook that man's hand and said, I love you. You and did? He laughed. I did. he get a kick out of it? He took a picture with me afterwards. He said, you'd be surprised how many people just walk up to me and say that. How, how would you rank the cities or like fan bases that remember David Tyree? I mean, I, I know that that play is considered one of the best in Super Bowl history. Mm-hmm. But like, there's got to be a ranking of like Giants fans, Patriots fans. And then I feel like Steeler fans probably aren't far behind because so many of us were rooting so hard for the Giants in that probably game. Probably Steelers fans. I would say Colts fans. Yeah, they really hate the Patriots. Yeah, Colts fans, Bills too. fans can't stand them. Bills fans and Jets fans, I bet. Even though it was the Giants winning, I bet Jets fans hate the Pats so much. Uh, Hoagie said, I'm rooting for the Niners in the Super Bowl. I just lived through the Patriots dynasty. I don't need another one right after it. Good answer. We like Hoagie. Here's Nick in Youngstown. Hello, Nick. Hey, guys. I want to talk about the record. Okay, go, first, I was go ahead. Def- first, I was definitely going against uh, them because I bet against them one. But two, I heard earlier on the show that um, Scotty Bowman, the coach, didn't even realize that the Oilers lost last night, which I found crazy. I know he's in his 90s, but still. Wait a minute. How did you get that answer? Did, did Caulfield say something? No, Starkey said he talked to Bowman this morning, and, and Bowman didn't know. Joe just casually called up Scotty Bowman and said, hey, Scott. What's going on, man? How's it shaking? How's it hanging? Starkey talked to Scotty Bowman this morning and broke the news to him that the Penguins' win streak as best in NHL history remains untied. That is literally in the opening segment of their show. That is in their show's notes. Holy cow. Thanks, Nick. I didn't know that. What a flex for Starkey. Huge. Hey, Scotty. It's Joe Starkey. Hello, Scotty. It's Joe Starkey. The Oilers went down in flames last night. You like that one, horse? I think Bowman, not only being in his 90s, but when you win as much as he did in terms of cups. He's the greatest hockey coach of all time, so I feel like it all blends together. Oh, which of my great seasons were you talking about there? I, do you ever hear this quote about him, by the way? I don't know why I dug it up. Three hundred. One of his former players said, 364 days of the year we hated Scotty. On the 365th day, we picked up our championship rings. I saw the man eat an ice cream sandwich once. Did he do so like neatly, or did it was it? No, just he made a it? he made a great call. They have an ice cream, um, they have one of those big ice cream like coolers or freezers like you see at a gas station mm-hmm. uh, or convenience store mm-hmm. in the press box in Buffalo. And I was there when Good the work Penguins Penguins needed to win the game in Buffalo, yeah, game eighty two to make the playoffs. Yep. Um, Sutter scored the goals there to get them in. Yep. And Bowman's up there in the press box because he lives, or he did, there in Buffalo. 
And he made an executive decision to go with not the conventional ice cream sandwich, which is the chocolate Vanilla. cookies, chocolate chip cookie with the ice cream. Oh, really? A chip witch, if you will. Oh, those are gr- terrific. That's a Hall of Fame decision. I agree. I wouldn't expect anything less from Bowman in that spot. He knew how to match his lines. You know the ice cream sandwiches I'm talking about, Donnie, where it's just yeah, chocolate it's like a chip chips cookies Ahoy cookie. with ice cream in between Oh, yeah, there. phenomenal. I think they're better than like the right, your regular The regular ice cream sandwich. sandwich, you get all the... It, it gets stuck to your, your fi- fingers you got to keep it in the wrapper till the very end. Yeah. I agree. It, it, it really is one of God's greatest have, creations. Have you guys ever... <laughs> so you're talking about like... You're talking about the crumbly one, Pony. Have you ever actually taken two like homemade chocolate chip cookies, like the one Sarah would make for us or that I occasionally will throw down with? You let them cool so they're not like you know melting all over the place, and then you put a scoop of actual ice cream. In Somebody between made them. those for us, dude. Once. Just Fantastic. outrageously good. Mister Kennedy. Fan Hotline is presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. That's where we find Penguin Stanley Cup champ Tyler Kennedy, who watched the Penguins get off on the right foot coming out of the break. A shutout win over the Jets last night in Pittsburgh. Tyler, what was the biggest thing you took from that game? The power play. Getting those two power play goals with the five-minute penalty, like that was that was huge. You know, I think just getting that going is a big big confidence booster going into the rest of the year. Again, when you look at where they are and where they could be, if that power play was clicking all year, like it wouldn't be even a question if they were in playoffs, you know, they'd be near the top of the leaderboard, but uh, to get, get a couple power play goals is huge for them. Uh, I'm sure, you know, John Butchergross is Pittsburgh guy uh, and big hockey guy. Obviously I want to know what you think about this. He tweeted, uh, in response to the fact that Brendan Dillon's going to have a hearing today for that check to the head on Achari last night, Bucci says, didn't think it was a suspension hit. There's not enough physical contact in the sport right now. What say you to all that? What did you think of that hit and Bucci's reaction there, Tyler? Um, I know Brendan Dillon. I don't think he's a dirty player. He plays the right, you know, a rough and tough game. The one thing is, you know, when I see the hit – it doesn't look like he explodes through. You know, it doesn't look like he is, you know, trying to take his head off. You know, I think he's just trying to make a solid hit. Um, obviously, I think Noah, it kind of came through. When he was skating for the puck, it kind of got in front of him, and he was kind of reaching, so his chest was down. So he was kind of leading with his head. Um Obviously, it's unfortunate, but, again, you, you can't hit a guy's head without being – suspended so I think he should be suspended but it's one of those ones that again when I when I don't when he doesn't get hurt I don't think it's a suspension um I think he's leaving to get the puck with his head down Dylan steps up and he doesn't finish you know again like he doesn't target his head what I'm saying um again I play with guys that targeted heads before and Dylan did not target his head did one of them have the same last name as the guy that's going to retire from our radio station this week? 
I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, is it is it on the player there? Is it on Dylan, though? You said he didn't target the head, but is it on him to do almost the go the extra mile, in your opinion, to make sure he takes the body there, even if that means slowing up and just trying to deliver a, a clean body check? Is it on? Is the onus on him, or should it be on him in that situation? I think it should be on both. You know, I don't think you let a carry out just because he's the one that took the hit. Again, if you're going full speed down the wall and the puck gets in front of you, you got to pick your head up. I think it's on both. I'm for both players. But, again, I don't think it's just on Dylan. I think Dylan has to be aware. But the game happens so fast. You know, I think he's trying to step up. But with the way Akari kind of came down the wall, you know, I don't I don't think it's it's on the player to let up and kind of give him a free pass. Did you ever have a hearing for a hit? No, the only time I've ever had a hearing was I jumped off. They said I jumped off the bench in Toronto and I fought Luke Shen. Luke Shen took a hard, hard run at Evgeny Malkin. And I wasn't playing that well. And I was the next line out. So there was a line change. And I remember running into Shen. And then there was a line, like there was a scruffle. The both lines were scruffling. And I had, I think it was like Dominic Moore. Like I was like, perfect. That's all I wanted. And Max Talbot had Luke Shen. And Luke Shen's like 6'2", like 6'3", big boy. And I remember we were, Talbot let Shen go. And I had no choice but to fight him. I was going to kick Max's butt. But that was the only time I got suspended and had a hearing. Did you get fined? Yeah, I got suspended and fined for one game. Oh, man. So what happens when the money comes out of your pay? Like the next check you get, like it's all out? They take all that money out in one fell swoop? Or is it on a plan? They take it little by little? <laughs> no, it's one it's one swoop. You know, you you see it in your check for oh, sure. The next check, oh, yeah. Look at a little, know, it's like, a little lighter than you want it to be, right? That blows. Oh, yeah. It's like, imagine you did that like a, at a regular job. A guy screws up, you take 25 bucks oh. off his check. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, all right, Tyler. Good stuff, man. We appreciate it. We'll talk again next week, dude. Bob gets his annual sit-down with Art Rooney, too. And it is fantastic because here's what Bob does, the investigative journalist and hardcore capital J journalist in Bob. He watches or listens to the press conference. Mm-hmm. He gets those answers. And then from those Rooney answers the first time, he pulls more out of him. So he will oftentimes, and I watched this whole interview back today, he will reference things that Art said mm-hmm. to try to procure more information. Like, hey, Art, you said this about this, so that has to mean this, right? Great, great strategy. He, yes, he's uh, it, it's, it's fantastic. And so I watched that. The parts of it were played while I was on the sports call last night, and I, I texted Bob, where can I find this? Because I wanted to talk about a lot of it today. And one thing has gone viral. The NFL's website even picked up on it. And it's this back and forth between Pompiani and Rooney. You guys have gone out of the box uh, recently and doing some things they really historically haven't done. Would you be willing to make a trade for a current quarterback if the prop, you know, the price was right in that kind of a situation? Well, you know, as we sit here in early February, we're not closing the door on anything. We have a, uh, a lot of evaluations to go through, and you know, we'll go through all the options and do what we need to do to, to be better this coming season. Door open. Window ajar. On a quarterback trade, and... It's interesting, 
Art had an entire interview to come out and say that we believe in Kenny and Kenny is our guy. He didn't. I mean, he would reference Pickett in answers and say it's it's pivotal or it's essential that Kenny like gets better this year. But nothing in his answers that say like no, we're good. We believe we have our guy. We don't need to bring anybody else from the outside. And the reaction to that that comment from Art and the way that people who know the Steelers, the way that they've reacted to that comment, I find even more interesting today, Chris. Yeah. Jerry Dulac's chat. I'm going to read you something. Who who uh, submitted the question? Somebody with a with a Portuguese name. Was it Steelers Brazil? No. Epi Bio uh, asked about Justin Fields. To Jerry, if available, do you see the Steelers making a play for Justin Fields? Dulac's answer, never say never. Never say never on that. Albert Breer today, in his uh, in his column, notes from the Super Bowl, uh, references Rooney telling Bob, we're not closing the door on anything, and then says this about Fields. I wouldn't close the door on that, especially with the powers that be in Pittsburgh having such a good bond with the folks at Ohio State, where Fields starred in 2019 and 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, boy. I know, man. I give this a chance of happening now. What's your percentage chance now? It's still way below 50, but it's climbing. I think it's closer to 25%. Now, here's my question. i got to stop you here. Go ahead. Stop. It's really a question. Slam on the brakes as hard as you can, Malsey. Bring it to a screeching halt. Take Not. that record that's playing in the background and take the needle right off it and have that screeching noise. Give the nails on a chalkboard, too, while you're at it and just stop. Jerry, in the one-word answer portion of the column, do you see guest writes in, just good old guest, do you see the Steelers trading for fields? No. Wanting him, trying to get him, and ultimately making the trade are two different things. You, I thought very uh, true, uh, in a very salient point yesterday, said about, we were talking about the Penguins, and you're like, yeah, Eric Carlson only wanted to play for Pittsburgh. And he had it written into his contract where he could call his shot. He could pick his team. Yep. Fields doesn't have that. Nope. More teams will want Justin Fields than just the Steelers. Correct. So there is an auction house uh, component to this or a bidding war thing that could happen. I think the Steelers will be interested. And that answer from Art makes me think, hey, we'll go into the season with Kenny Pickett if we have to. But if there's someone else out there who's better, we'll We're making take calls. a chance. We'll take a flyer. Well, we'll pro- take a shot on the guy. And I just think Fields checks a lot of boxes. He's a personality fit. The Ohio State thing is undeniable. They like going there for players. There's the video that we've seen a million times of Tomlin watching Fields wake up, wake, uh, work out at the pro day, and he is beaming watching it happen. There's been reports of how badly the Steelers wanted Fields in that draft, but they couldn't pull the trigger because Ben called their bluff and came back for an extra year. If he hadn't, I think they would have been aggressive about getting Fields. Hell, I think if Fields had fallen to them at 24, I think they would have picked him over Najee in that draft. They liked him that much. Oh, that, they better have. Uh, I would also, though, I would say if the whole concept here is price is right on him, the more teams that are interested, the more the price inherently gets driven up. 
if you have multiple teams that you know are willing to at least talk to you about acquiring the guy. Whaley said today a third and a player. I'm open to that. I'm seeing people say a second, and now I don't believe this. Schefter, I think, is trying to claim that it might be a late, like a first. I would have a very hard time. I would have an incredibly hard time. I feel like Adam is almost doing work for the Bears there. Above that question that Jerry was giving a one-word answer to, can you... Make sense of this for me just briefly. By 10 all means, seconds. please. I'll, Tim I'll, writes, I'll attempt to. Tim writes, does Heinz Ward have a legitimate shot at being hired? And if not, why not? Jerry asked. Oh, somebody else earlier. That's his code. That's his shorthand for someone else uh, brought it up earlier in the chat. Yeah. But somebody else brought up more or less the same question about Fields, and he answered it the second time. Brought to you by South Hills Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Peters, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Donnie had a listener reach out to him and say, hey, man, give me a birthday shout-out on the air. You want to do that? Yeah, Tad. Happy birthday to Tad on Twitter. Longtime listener and supporter. He loves our show. Thank you, Tad. Tad Askew? Yes. Happy birthday, Tad. At Askew Ted. Tad. T-A-D, not T-E-D. I like this guy. He's got the big Lebowski as his yeah. as his uh, avatar, and he has a YouTube video in the message he sent you that just has fish blaze on from when they played at Wrigley Field. Do you think this guy likes to smoke tree? I think he does. His cover photo is just a, a little candy heart that says "I deleted Tinder." When, when are we going to get to a point <laughs> where we where where that can be freely admitted and talked about, not in the past tense, but in the present? When is Pennsylvania going to become a state where it's not just medicinal, it's recreational? Josh, is that Shapiro, happen soon? Josh Shapiro just had a – there was like a story that KDKA put out on their website yesterday about him saying we must legalize, legalize marijuana. Like, yes, if South Dakota can do it, I think we can. Because they did a bet on Giannotti's show with Boomer this morning that they can do because they're in New York where you can smoke pot wherever the hell you want. Mm-hmm. So Boomer went to Maryland, and their update anchor went to – is Rutgers play-by-play guy. Yeah. And the bet was if Rutgers beat Maryland, Boomer was going to pay the update anchor in weed. A hun- no, $1,000 uh-huh. cash. Uh-huh. And if Maryland beat Rutgers, the play by play guy was going to have to eat an edible on the air and do the entire show high, which I think is hilarious. I agree. And I think that's a great bet, but we can't do that here. Now, would you immediately say, Chris, if you're wrong, you have to do the show with an edible? Because he's the update anchor. Yeah. and So he's not involved all he's four not a, hours. I, I would, I'd have to power through it, man. I, I, I'm, I can't do it because I get too paranoid. I had a medicinal marijuana card, and all the strange and stuff I tried, I just freaked out, panicked. I have told I, Amanda one time that I thought I was going to die. I said, you have to take me to the hospital right now. I'm going to die. And she goes, honey, you're just high. And I'm like, this is a totally different kind of high. This is the killing high. This is the one. <laughs> this is the big one, honey. Have I ever told you guys about my my buddy the first time he did an edible? No. I mean, I wasn't there to see it in person, but I mean, he's- Is this buddy a sweetheart of America? No, no, no. No, it's not him. Uh, It's my buddy Colton, one of my best friends from high school, one of my oldest friends. Big guy? Yes. All right, Uh, hey, Colton, you pothead. Played played football at at St. Vincent. Uh, Freshman year at St. Vincent, the first time he ever did an edible, he- I, I guess I, I've never done edibles. I mean, I've, I've done it in other forms, but not edibles. I, I just know people normally say if it's like, I don't know, a cookie or a brownie or whatever, like only eat like a little 
piece of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, don't eat the whole thing. It'll, like, put you on your ass. Yeah. He he just eats the whole thing. And? And a couple hours later, he just passes out. And he wasn't, like, completely unresponsive. Like, he's, he obviously ended up being okay, but he passes out. His roommate has to call 911. They have to stretcher him out of the building. And, like, the way the way things were set up at St. Vincent, like, their dorms, like, they were in, like, pods. So it was, like, this big, like, group area in the middle. Oh. And, like, freshman year, everybody's out and about, whatever, oh. like, hanging out. Here's the funniest part. They're wheeling Colton out on the stretcher. He gives all the boys a thumbs up like he's leaving like he's the stadium. he's a football player? When I thought I broke my Unreal. back playing basketball – and they brought the stretcher in to get me playing pickup hoops here. I gave the thumbs up as I left the gym. And I think there was a light round of applause. I think there was a smattering of just. I think the thumbs up makes the story. Like didn't... he's getting stretchered out for like eating too much weed. Did, thumbs didn't, up. Didn't Starkey tear his Achilles playing you one-on-one? Yeah. And what did, did you clap for him? Did he give a thumbs up or was he in like legitimate agony? He was in a lot of pain. And I said, all right, Joe, take care. And then that was it. And he, like, held it against me for years that I didn't go to the hospital with him. Well, you're not, like, his wife. What were you supposed to do? Just upend your day to make sure? I mean, it was clear I that I thought he was, was in wrong. good hands. He was with... Yes. I waited until the... Medical staff. ...paramedic showed up. I thought that was sufficient. It was. He's wrong to have said you should have accompanied him to the hospital. Speaking of Starkey and, and High, and by the way, imagine him stoned out of his mind. I don't... I, I should say I do have to imagine it because I've never seen it, but he's told enough stories about going to Mammal's trailer and getting high that I, I think I have a pretty good picture of it. I think Sally Wigan called into Cook and Joe high today to give Ron a goodbye because the interview and conversation took a very strange turn. I remember before you were married, Joe, I almost took a run at you. I know. We had a torrid love affair for about eight no, months, didn't we? No, that's not true, Ron. I do remember talking to you on one of those planes about your love life. I, I do remember, remember that. Yes, I remember that. And you gave me very sage advice. Sally Wigan wanted to get with Starkey. Didn't Ron have like a great line in there where he said, you know who wishes that happened? Joe's actual wife. <laughs> Could you imagine? I always love those jokes. Like, oh, no, like an old Rodney Dangerfield <laughs> right, special exactly. there. I mean, just picture we show up to work. Yeah, uh, Joe's going to be out for the next few days. He's taking a leave of absence. Why? What happened? Oh, his wife found out he had an affair with Sally well, this, Wigan. This predated this predated Joe even meeting his wife, apparently. Oh. That's the thing. Like, Sally, Joe was, I think, a single Joe. But if that became a story where there was this public affair between the two, yeah. I think it would cross over to the point where the news stations in town would cover it. I feel like knowing what I don't know Sally personally. I Sally's a massive celebrity, man. She is, and I, I've maybe met her once. And I, I think, think Joe's a big enough name where if they had this no, torrid no, love no, affair, sure. if they had this love triangle that Joe's explaining or describing, I think it would go. It would have gone viral. It would have been newsworthy. I just think. Joe would have driven Sally completely insane within weeks. What's the movie with Glenn Close? Uh, Fatal Indecent. Attraction? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where she just obsessed, obsessed with Michael Douglas? Yeah. Who's the guy on Twitter, Caleb, that always comes up with funny things? We he should that. do Fatal Attraction with Sally, Sally Wigan's face on Glenn Close. He'll have that whipped up by three. Caleb, Fatal Attraction, you know what to do, brother. <laughs> One of those funny Starkey faces and looks on Michael Douglas. Oh, my God! Sally! <laughs> Holy, Holy horse. horse milk, Sally. 
I don't know why that makes me laugh, but she just volunteered that I wanted I to take a run at you, Joe. Man alive! What a what a flex for Starkey. Today. I agree, dude. I completely Starkey agree. Starkey calls Scotty Bowman and breaks the news to him <laughs> that the Oilers lost last night, so the Penguins' record is still alive. He's the first to tell him that, and then he finds out a couple hours later that Sally Wigan might have wanted to sleep with him. I just. Yeah, Joe's having a hell of a week. He really man. is. He's having a big time. In a week. way, kind of stealing at least today some of the shine from Ron. No, he's definitely like he's. You know, how they say like somebody catches a stray when somebody else is getting ripped on, and then like that person happens to catch one. Joe's getting the opposite. He's getting a little extra Ron afterglow here. Ron's getting you know faded with all this praise, but here's a little for the old news hound himself. I agree with that. I think that Cook is clearly the MVP. But just from the people I'm hearing and talking to, they they're giving Joe. It's like it's like the goal that wins a Stanley Cup, but people want to call in and say, "But how about that pass?" Right, a great assist. Yeah, that's what we're getting right now. Kendra this. Wilkinson, formerly of. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. That Playboy show surprises Sally Wiggin during one of her live shots. There's just a picture of... Kendra from the girls next door with Sally Wigan. How did you find that? I just did an image search for Sally Wigan to try to get a picture of, like, if this was 20-plus years ago, I know what Joe looked like back then. But Joe clearly remembered that, that he was having a conversation with oh, Sally 100%. and thought she was hitting on him. 100%. Man, there are... Man, what was going on in Sally's life where she thought maybe the best thing for her was to take a shot at Starkey? Admittedly, that was the thought that popped through my mind. Like, did they, and she said, what that was it on been, a, Those must have been desperate times for her. She was like, Dusty Rhodes, she fought on hard times. Man. No offense to Joe, but he's just ah, so. I think you mean plenty of no, offense No, but he's to just Joe. so quirky that. Well, that's what I, I, I said in Sally two weeks. I've met a couple times, which was really cool, but and I've known Joe now for almost 15 years, and they just don't That's why I said within like two weeks, say match. they had a torrid affair, or not even an affair. Say they were both single, and Joe and Sally just shacked up. I feel like three weeks in. No matter what, how it was going otherwise, Joe's inherent weirdness would have driven her off. Sally, you can't let me have she coffee. Doesn't under, I was just going to say, she doesn't understand why Joe is so argumentative and she finds out she sees like a half... Half-drunk cup of Folgers? Yeah. <laughs> oh no, he's off the wagon. Fan Hotline is presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, PFT Live. Football Night in America joins us right now from Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. Mike, what are your plans for the actual game? Are you staying out there? I will be here, yes. We are going to have 
all of my writers in the press box for the game. And it's the one time per year that we're all together in the same place at the same time. And we will cover the game that way, taking turns, writing an item about whatever development might happen in the game. So I'll be there for the whole game. And then I'll fly home after we do our show Monday morning. We will head home and uh, right back at it. Compare uh, at-home viewing experience of Super Bowl to being there for the game itself. What's what's well, better? Yeah. I, when you're there with a press credential and you're in the press box and you're standing there or sitting down or whatever, it always kind of hits me during the national anthem. You know, I've got a weird kind of journey that I've been on for the past 23 years through how I've gotten into this business and kind of crashed the party and created a niche. And it kind of hits me every year that it, it shouldn't have happened and how in the hell did it happen? So there's nothing like being there in the middle of the biggest sporting event in the world. As far as I'm concerned, I know soccer fans would say otherwise, but being there is just huge because it, it represents something beyond that for me to have a seat at the table for something like this. When Mike Florio and the entire PFT team get together, who is the main character if you guys are out partying? Who is going the wildest there? Well, it depends on how broadly we define the term because if it's broad enough to include, include Chris Sims, yes, it is. Like he, will, he will pregame, so he's already wild and crazy when it's time to show up. We had a dinner the other night, and Happy Chris showed up. And I know Happy Chris. Happy Chris has smoked a little. Happy Chris has drank a little. And happy Chris is ready to go. So without question, and he's that way even when he hasn't had a few, but you give him a few and you amp it up by about 15%. Now, was that the same night you walked in on him going to the bathroom, Mike? No, no. See, I walked in on him going to the bathroom in our studio in Connecticut the day after the wild card round ended that Monday morning, the day of the, the Monday night game between the Eagles and the Bucks. Right after our show ended, he didn't lock the door, and I walked in on him. But at that same restaurant that night while I was with him and other people from NBC, they had single-toilet bathrooms, and there's a lock on the door. And the only design flaw with the lock is for the lock to actually work. You have to press it. It wasn't locked. And so I've done it twice now with two different people, <laughs> starting with Sims and ending with some lady I've never met before but I have seen on the toilet. <laughs> Mike, I have no idea how to segue out of that, so I'll say, does Happy Chris have different takes on the NFL than regular Chris? Actually, no. They are the same. They're a little more colorful. And the thing is, he always remembers the stuff that he said while he was Happy Chris. Mm. I never quite know if he's going to remember the things that he tells me because Happy Chris also spills the beans on things that that he shouldn't otherwise talk about. Oh, man. So I get some good information when I'm around happy Chris. That's the, that's the good side. The downside is he's more likely to manhandle me with those big giant paws of his, and he'll slap one on top of my leg right above my knee and just squeeze. And it feels like, like, you know, he could snap my leg off if he wanted to. So there is a drawback, but the good side is happy. Chris talks mm. a lot more than regular Chris. All right. So Mike, the same way we have you on our show, Peter King goes on our midday show once a week. And every time Peter King has been on since the season ended, without fail, he says that Russell Wilson is going to end up in Pittsburgh. Now, you know Peter very well. You do shows with Peter for pro uh, for PFT Live. When Peter says that, does he know something? Like, take us behind the scenes here. He keeps saying that so authoritatively. How much stock should I put in it then, Mike? Well, and look, my first question whenever I hear something like that, 
secondhand is I'd love to hear exactly what he said because I know Peter well enough that if I actually heard the tape, I would know how to interpret it. But I will tell you in this business, there are plenty of occasions when we know things that we can't report. And there will be times when, for example, someone will say, look, this is what's going to happen, but don't even say it as a source told you. Don't even have any breadcrumb trail for anyone to try to, to detect. Just say it. Just say it like it's your idea and you'll be right. So sometimes that's what happens as well. Now, I don't know that we'd be at the point where we can predetermine that Russell Wilson is going to be the quarterback of the Steelers or anyone, but I do believe that he will be cut, and I do believe that he will be inclined to take a minimum-level salary to go to another team for one year and have the Broncos pay the rest of the money. I absolutely believe that that could happen, if not will happen. Whether it's the Raiders or the Steelers or somebody else, I think, is all to be determined. I think we... Pony, do you have it brought up here? It's a very the you always you said to us there at the start, Mike, that you always want to hear just like how it was asked yeah, and how one, he responded. Here, here's one of the clips. This, he's this been, is a clip. He's been doing this every week. I would not rule out Russell Wilson there. I think if Mike Tomlin had his way, I think he'd want to get a guy who is a veteran quarterback in here who will make sure that you enter the season with a fighting chance against three teams in your division all of whom have a better quarterback situation right now than you do. So that's one of now, them. I've known, I've known Peter for 20 years. I think that that is just his idea. Okay. That's my read on it. Interesting. Well, I have that to... That's not something that he knows, that he just thinks it makes sense. Okay, because he was asked straight away, I think, earlier this week. That was from like two weeks ago, Mike. It was just Russell Wilson's t- team in 2024 is... He was asked to do word association, and he just said the Pittsburgh Steelers. That was his quick response. So he's very married to that idea. Speaking of other quarterbacks that the Steelers might want to kick the tires on, what's the Justin Fields price going to be, in your opinion, in terms of a trade? Depends on how many teams are at the table. That's the key. And that's why one of the, the most important aspects of potentially trading any player is to create the impression that if you don't get the price you want, you'll just keep him. That's hard to do in every case. But if you don't have that, and if you can't create the impression that you're seriously considering keeping him and trading the first overall pick and making a team around Justin Fields, which is frankly what I think the Bears should be doing, then you just need multiple teams at the table. And the more teams at the table, the greater the price you get. And then it just comes down to how the Bears are able to pull it off. Look what the Texans did two years ago with Deshaun Watson was masterful. You basically had to be pre-qualified for the mortgage to even have a chance to talk to Watson. They had their terms. You had to meet them to even have a chance to talk to him. And the fact that they knew there were going to be four teams ready to go talk to him, it made it easier for them to dictate the terms of the trade. So, you know, if there are enough teams, the Bears could do that and say this is what's going to cost. And it, it's all going to be driven by how much interest there really is in acquiring Justin Fields. Could you get a first-round pick for him? Absolutely, if you're the Bears, if wow. there's enough teams that want it. Uh, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, covering the, uh, covering the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Your first trip to Vegas since when, Mike? 1986, baby. It's a little different now. 38 years. That's wild. All right, man. Thanks for I coming on. I want smaller, even, even what, 20 pounds smaller and lighter? You're Ste- used to playing a certain way. Steelers get J.J. Watt. Is their season any different? No. No, I don't think so. I really don't. You're not seriously considering the idea that no, they would have. No, I still think they would have lost to Buffalo. <laughs> All right, we got a Didi.
Let's go. She's out in Vegas. Hello, Aditi. Hi, guys. I'm literally standing right outside the Bellagio, and the fountains just went on, and there's all this music. So I'm sorry, but I don't know if you can hear that. No, we can. We can hear you crystal clear. Ambient noise. It is. Well, it's a show. It's a show. Turn on CBS. Turn on CBS Sports Network, and you'll see it. Are you working, or is this fun, Aditi, right now? Is this Aditi off the clock? It's all work. All work. No, I'm about to be live. That's why you had to move me up 15 minutes. Oh, we'll put it on. I am Uh, live from one of our sets. This is actually going to be the HQ set, but I've never seen the fountain turn on like this. And apparently there's a whole orchestra and an overture. Are you guys Vegas people? Uh, 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 Chris said that Alex's wife, that's her favorite place on planet Earth is Vegas. Yeah, Alex loves Vegas. I I like it a lot too, but I think Vegas has a very defined shelf life if you're out there solely for pleasure. you got to get in and out in three days or else anything longer, you're risking it. I mean, I have to tell you, 6 a.m. rolling down in my hotel to try to get a workout in and seeing all these people at the craps table, some still from the night before and some new, is... um, not necessarily the most encouraging sight for me. Mm. Congratulations on all your sad. motivational no, success. I feel sad. You don't think it's sad? Well, if they're only out there and they want to play craps and it's just three days in Vegas to go wild and party, yeah, I, that's I don't how have a I huge look at, That's how it. I look at it, Aditi. I assume every one of those people is an upstanding member of society who's just cutting <laughs> loose from the from the drudgery of uh, nine to five. Yes, that's exactly how I see it. I mean, I feel like it's driving and throwing your money out the window, but okay. <laughs> but you're not a betting person. Every time I've tried to make a bet with you're you right. on the air, you've bought. Probably because you thought it I was going to win the bet. And, and the only time bad. money changed well, you know hands with us is because I, I said that you weren't coming on with me a day where I was solo. And then I found out I just hadn't checked my phone again and uh, and paid you $50 to the uh, Feeding America. So you really don't well, like not, to bet with us. to me. That was actually sent to a really tremendous yes. cause. Oh, absolutely. So kudos to you for all of that. Anyway, I do appreciate that one. Yes, in uh, any case. Let's go through some of the things that are out there with the Steelers that I know you have opinions on. First one, Steelers need a wide receivers coach. Heinz Ward, thumbs up, thumbs down. Do you think he's a real option for the job? Oh, massive, massive, massive thumbs up. He was very, very close to taking the job a few years ago, as you know, and it came down to discipline. I've told you guys the stories. You know this. This is back when Antonio Brown was there, wasn't necessarily regularly in meetings, and Heinz Ward had said to Mike Tomlin, look, if I'm doing this, then he follows my rules. And Mike Tomlin said, as long as he produces, we'll put up with it. And Heinz said that's not the way that it works for him. But now that you've got Arthur Smith there, who does indeed have no problem being the bad cop, if he needs to be, who does indeed believe in accountability, it might be a new day in Pittsburgh. I love, I'd love that to answer. See it happen. I'd so love, would I. love, love to see it happen. And I'll tell you this: I've spent a lot of time with both the Dolphins and the Colts. The Colts employed Reggie Wayne. The Dolphins, Wes Welker. There's something really, really magical about a former wide receiver who is used to being the center of attention now recognizing that it's not about them; it's not about the players and the real-life experience that they can offer, I, it's just, it would be so good. And so good, too, because of everything that Heinz Ward embodied as a receiver, and that's what a Pittsburgh Steelers receiver should be. All that toughness, all that leaning into the blocking, all that team first. Okay, let's go. I'm sold. How do we make it happen? Text him and ask him if he will do the job, <laughs> and if he's interviewed yet, and then tell us on the air. Hello, this is Mike Tomlin. I somehow got... Aditi's number. Uh, <laughs> right. Would you like the job? 
Uh, do you think, how much interest do you imagine there would be on the team's end on this? I just, it's all, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it's about the players that you want the coaches that get the most out of the players. It's, you know, today I was talking to Legarius Sneed. Legarius Sneed is a cornerback that has turned into one of the premier shutdown corners in the NFL. And up until this year, he was a slot corner. He was playing the nickel. Now he's played outside and just about every single week, he shut down the opponent's number one receiver. And I was talking to Legarius about the big jump and how much of it is just going from inside to outside. And he said, no, it's all about facts. That it's about my coaches putting me in position to succeed. It's about my coaches pushing me and teaching me and making me the player that I am. So it's not one or the other, but yeah, how do you get the coaches in here that can get the most out of their out of the players that are here and can stick with the organizational philosophy? Aditi, the Steelers are going to be the Steelers. Well, okay, sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. While well, you've been enjoying yourself in Sin City, Art Rooney too told Pomp that the Steelers are not closing the door on a quarterback trade. And that has prompted two pretty big heavy hitters, Dulac locally, but then Albert Breer, to both say, hey, don't count out or rule out the idea of Justin Fields. What's your reaction to that? I think that when you hear Art Rooney say something like that, it's a little bit more about let's get a veteran guy in here who can help Kenny Pickett, who can help him grow, who can be a great voice of experience, who can be someone who can help him develop and you think about so Breer hears fields and maybe Aditi hears Josh Dobbs and that answer is what you're telling me something like that uh maybe I mean it's funny I saw Charlie Batch just yesterday so I think of the Bruce Gradkowski's and the Charlie Batches and obviously Ben Roethlisberger didn't necessarily you know later in his career need that veteran older guy but a young quarterback can be so well served by having that person. It's the same way you've heard C.J. Stroud talk about how valuable it is to have Case Keenum in the room. So why not get a guy in here who has seen all these things, is prepared in every way, and can help Kenny's development? Peter King goes on with Cook and Joe every week, and he was asked in Joe's uh, scintillating word association where he's just supposed to say the first thing that comes to mind when Joe asked the question. He said, Peter... Russell Wilson's team next year. Immediate response, Pittsburgh Steelers. What say you about that? Yeah, I don't see it. Sorry. Aditi, would you like to play a game of free association with us? I don't know if I'd like to, but I'm willing to try it. Okay. Andrew Filipponi. <laughs> My friend. Uh, best Super Bowl snack. I don't have time to eat here. <laughs> Best super... The first thing that popped in my head was popcorn because Jim Nance said popcorn, but I don't actually eat popcorn. How do you say I've stone crabs and during... popcorn, too? He said stone know, crabs are his so favorite bizarre. food. It's a big jump from don't... stone crabs to popcorn. Seriously, and the popcorn piece really concerns me. Like, if you get a kernel stuck in your mouth or if you accidentally choke on something and you're calling a game. But, I mean, I guess that's why he's a legend. Who wins the I Super Bowl? Oh, goodness. I'll just tell you, it's so hard to count out the Chiefs and their experience and their understanding of this moment. And you want to say that it's the 49ers for all the reasons that you think it should be the 49ers, but I was there when the Chiefs beat the Dolphins. I was there when the Chiefs beat the Bills, and I apologize if I already told you this, but I was on the sideline for Westwood 1 for Chiefs-Bills, the Bills played 
great. It was punch for punch for punch, and then the fourth quarter came, and it was just markedly different yeah. from one sideline to the other. The Chiefs just looked like, okay, we've got them right where we want them. We are right where we want to be, whereas the Bills suddenly got tighter. The Bills started getting a little bit more frenetic. You could see it in the way the coaches were talking to each other on the headsets. And I know the 49ers have been in big moments. I know they've been in big games. Kyle Shanahan certainly has, but he hasn't closed it out yet. And what's the great line Bill Parcells loves? The way that you learn how to win close games is by actually winning a close game. The Chiefs have done it over and over and over again, and this year they're doing it in a different way than they've done it the previous two times. It just makes you feel like it's what Chris Jones said to me yesterday. The journey this year has made them even tougher. Uh, Most interested in hearing Reba McIntyre, Post Malone, or Usher? Usher. Okay, we're done here. Good stuff, Aditi. Enjoy the show. We'll be watching. What time, CBS Sports Network, 4.30? Bye. Bye. Okay, she didn't. Pony and Muller debut segment at 5.30. I wanted to do this on Tuesday, but I said I was missing the key ingredient, which is something to give to you guys for uh, participating. And we have that now. Two tickets to see Tim McGraw at PPG Paints Arena in April. McGraw with a very nice heartfelt uh, memorial uh, yesterday of uh, Toby Keith. He put out there. Bigger star, Tim McGraw or Mrs. Tim McGraw, Faith Hill? I think Tim. Because his dad also was a all-star pitcher. Right? You could be making that up, and I genuinely have never been curious enough about Tim McGraw to know Tug whether McGraw. it's... Tug McGraw. Tug McGraw, It is his kid? Yeah. Okay. I, I, get, I just said I have never been curious enough about Tim McGraw's background to find out who his dad was. Well, wait, the, how does his dad being Tug McGraw make him a bigger star than Faith Hill? Because baseball fans took an interest in him because of it. Yeah. I'm Phillies fans, Mets fans. <laughs> how do you think he became one of the top 20 country music recording artists of all time? Did he beat out Bob Dylan? I forget. No, he was behind Dylan. Joe Starkey, biggest Dylan fan I know, said the idea that Dylan is a country musician is complete and utter garbage. He the worst not. one was Neil Diamond being on the list. By far. Anyways, so we'll give those away at 5.30 with a new contest we have running. It is Super Bowl-themed. Oh, baby. We have fun with Super Bowl audio right now, and it's brought to you by the Buell Insurance Agency in Gibsonia. Contact the Buell Insurance Agency uh, today. We have the, this first one from 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy. Pictures of you and, and uh, Lee Harvey Oswald circling around the internet right now. People think you two look alike. Did you ever hear that before? I haven't. That's my first time hearing it. Yeah. What do you think about that comparison? Uh, Physical comparison. Yeah. 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 I don't, eh. yeah. I don't know. Hey, what do you think of... <laughs> <laughs> Brock, some have said, some saying you are the doppelganger of one of the notorious murderers in this country's history. Your thoughts on the physical resemblance I don't between Brock, you and the man who uh, killed a president? I don't think Brock allegedly. Purdy knows who Lee Harvey Oswald is. Uh, I actually think he does, and that's why he answered so uncomfortably. I think he didn't know what to say because he didn't know who Lee Harvey Oswald, Lee Harvey Oswald is. It, it, first of all, is the person right? 
do they look alike? Hey, Brock, I think you look like the BTK killer or Charles Manson. But it, uh, is the person right? Do you see a striking resemblance I, between I see Lee Harvey Oswald and Brock At Purdy? least a passing one, maybe not a striking one. Where did this start? Instagram or Reddit or something like that? Donnie Great saw question. it. Donnie was the first one, I think, that brought it up to us. I did see it. And? I think there's, I think there's something there in the face. But I've also seen side-by-sides of... John Harbaugh and Brock Purdy. See, I that's think that's even, closer. That's even more striking. I think Purdy looks like a young John Harbaugh. He does look a little bit like Lee Harvey Oswald, but now I got to search John Harbaugh to see because I'm sure somebody mashed up this uh, this picture. And Harbaugh two. even went up to Purdy after that game. Much more like Harbaugh. Way more Christmas like Harbaugh. And mentioned it to him like, hey, Brock, you just sucked. You threw four interceptions. By the way, people think we look alike. One of those deals. Man, does, he, he does look like he could be a young John Harbaugh for sure. Does your dad think that it was Oswald? No, he thinks the mob did it. Really? Yeah. Thinks the mob did it because... Not the government. Because the mob delivered Illinois and their, or by extension, the 1960 election to Kennedy by Kennedy's dad making sure he called in a few favors. And the quid pro quo there was supposed to be that Kennedy would look the other way on all the casinos they were running in Havana, Cuba, because this was pre-Castro. I believe. Yeah, it definitely would have been. And Kennedy didn't basically hold up his end of the bargain, so that's that theory, that they were mad about that and kaput. And that they might have had some help from the CIA. Like, I guess it would make kind of people freak out to think that, like, organized crime could have that level of reach and mm. planning. I don't think it would freak everybody out. People have open minds on this stuff. But, yeah, my dad thinks the mob did it. Now, does he think that it was somebody up there who actually pulled the trigger and it was one man, a lone gunman from I think the mob he, I who think did he, it? I think my dad believes, as don't most people that have a basic understanding of physics, that the gunman on the grassy knoll is the person who actually got fired the, the shots, right? So does he think Lee Harvey Oswald was working for the mob? No, I forget what his actual theory on Oswald specifically is. I mean, is it. Oswald an all-time martyr here that just got blamed for something that he actually didn't do? Does your dad think that? I don't believe my dad thinks that Lee Harvey Oswald was innocent of everything. Okay. No. But I, I think, don't most people think the second gunman on the grassy knoll actually did it? Chris, I honestly have not spent a lot of time on this, but I know your dad is like dedicated his retirement life. Have you ever to watched I always thought it. it was Big Lee. Have you ever thought it uh, seen <laughs> the movie, Lee. the scene the movie JFK, though? They have the big magic bullet theory that I, I believe, unless that I'm was in the yeah, war. Like if I'm talking out of my ass here, somebody can let me know. The place. Yeah, like essentially for. Lee Harvey Oswald to have killed Kennedy, they think that it, they said it basically would have to be a magical bullet. And then Seinfeld made fun of it on TV, yes. calling it the magic loogie that Keith Hernandez hawked in the direction of Kramer and Newman. Yep. Yeah, my dad, though, long story short, he, he has read thousands of pages of, of various books on this. He's watched documentaries. My dad's conclusion is the mob killed Kennedy. Speaking of conspiracies, here's another uh, question. This is from Andy Reid's press conference earlier today. Coach, right here. Yep. A gotcha. uh, question from Germany. Yes. Um, as you said before, um, times have changed a lot. Uh, the internet, mobile phones. Um, what do you say about the conspiracies that uh, have popped up concerning Charles Kelsey and Taylor Swift, like some kind of Republican conspiracies that you guys made it to the Super Bowl to actually secretly re-elect or help re-elect President Biden? Mm. <laughs> that's, that's way out of my league. <laughs> I mean, you leave it to couldn't it be a, couldn't be an American re reporter because they're in on it. 
Right. So somebody from Germany, Germany. had to s- sneak in there and ask that question. Reed's, How do you not love Andy Reid? Like what he gives it, an answer like that, he just like laughs. He probably heard the guy say from Germany, he's thinking, I can't Beer. wait. This is going to be about what I like more, brock, bratwurst or not worst. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to say, you know what, Hans, I thought you'd never ask. Potato pancakes <laughs> or a big German, you know, Bavarian pretzel. Meanwhile, Andy, question from Germany. How many of these Biosteins do you think you could hold? Meanwhile, he gets hit with the the real uh hit with the heavy conspiracy stuff. question. Yeah. Man, so who's gotten By the way, he didn't say no. I think Purdy he by the way has gotten hit, hit with the toughest one here. The hey, you look like a notorious figure from American history. Your thoughts on your resemblance to this person you who many people believe You got to get to the bottom of where your dad comes down on Oswald. I'll just ask him next time I see him. I'll be like, hey, what was your, uh, you, I know you think the mob does he did think, it. Does he think Oswald got screwed? I mean, he did get shot in the stomach and killed right after it. So one way or another, if you like being well, alive minute, more than being did, dead. But if he didn't actually kill Kennedy. That's because they didn't he want got, him to talk. If he didn't kill Kennedy, Chris, then he got a raw deal. Unless he, I mean. He didn't deserve to die there. Do you think that he was at least involved? I have no idea. I always thought they I, were just afraid he was going to I, to talk, and that's Chris, why I, Ruby I, took him out. I have no idea if he was involved. That's why I'm asking you to ask your dad about it. I'll I'll go back and look. Now, now see, here's the stupid thing. Now I'm going to fall down the rabbit hole about, like, Jack Ruby and all this stuff. I'm telling you, listen to Purdy. He does not sound like he knows who ha- Oswald is. Here's uh, a physical comparison. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think he does. So, <laughs> Uh, one more, one more thing. Uh, Castro had taken over Cuba. My timeline was off, and they were they thought he would topple him, and that was supposed to happen at Bay of Pigs. Mm-hmm. Did not happen. Mob like, come on. So we already have do people the, do the job here. Somebody no, also... I just read it. I read it and looked at it, and I was like, oh yeah, my timeline's off. That happened in the late fifties, and then obviously sixty was the election. Uh, somebody also came across in the text line said LHO acted alone. Uh. Oswald, the fall guy, Ruby, the man to silence him. Ruby had mafia connections, got into debt, and had to kill Oswald to repay that debt? Man alive. One of my roommates in college made his thesis paper was on Ruby. But I never got around to reading it. I was too stoned. (laughs) Jack Ruby, not exactly a gem. All righty, it is time for the Donnie Football Debrief, and it is brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Fresh, human-grade dog food delivered right to your door. Donnie. The debrief, February 7, 2024. Uh, Today is National Signing Day. I think this is something I want to get your thoughts on. in college football? Yeah. Man, now that there's NIL and stuff well, like that, I have no clue when these dates are and when this so, stuff happens well, anymore. Well, there you go. Which you kind of you made me worry there that it wasn't, even though I was. You got to trust yourself. Everywhere. He's, he's wrong about things sometimes. He's unaware of things sometimes. He's not a machine. He's I, a man like so, you. I just feel like this day used to be a much bigger day. Well, that's, all. that's what I was going to bring up. Do we think that the freedom of college football the freedom of the transfer portal not necessarily nil i think it's more the the transfer portal stuff for me does that water a day like this down because i feel like 10 to 15 years ago this was a big deal even five years ago this was a big deal when i was heading into my 
what year would it have been? Either my sophomore year at Penn State or maybe my junior year. Maybe it was sophomore into junior. Derek Williams, the wide receiver, was the number one recruit in the country that year. Justin King that year was also a very big name recruit. That was like on ESPN News, the official Derek Williams announcement. And I still remember him saying, I'm going to um, the University of Penn State. And all the Penn State people were like <laughs> happy. But like, come on, he got the name wrong. Did he have all the hats out? Was he in his I think high so. school gym? I think so. But I think it's definitely tied to NIL because when Derek Williams went there, that was, well, now they have the number one recruit for four years. You know what I mean? Unless they screw it up royally or three years, unless he, if he's so good, he goes right to the pros. And now I do think with the freedom of movement, you don't get that idea that this is permanent. This guy's tied to the school. It's could be here today, gone tomorrow. Yeah, it's like, okay, we have him for this year. Hell, maybe not even that. I mean, do, Quinn, Quinn Ewers didn't even no, uh, keep going. Go, go through a season at Ohio State. I'm dead serious. Like, what percentage of people have in some way forgotten that Caleb Williams didn't play his whole career at USC? Yeah, he started at Oklahoma and followed Lincoln Riley. That's what I mean. Like, he had some – He, I remember him in the Red River rivalry having a great game and, like, some explosive plays. But there are probably people that have completely memory hold that he even played there. Did the Martin kid from Bell Vernon end up signing with He's Penn State? He's at Penn State. Penn State got another one, too. They've got five uh, pretty big names from the Whippeal, I guess. ESPN says their class is 11th, P Pitt's 44th. Pitt on this National Signing Day introduced everybody to their offensive coordinator. His name's Cade Bell. He was at, I think, Western Carolina. Yeah. Where they put up huge numbers in the FCS. Here are his thoughts on, on Pitt's offense and their philosophy for 2024. You want to build everything off the run game. Um, if you can run the football, if you can find ways to have sex in the run game, um, it makes throwing the ball easy. I saw... I. <laughs> No, I, I hate What's this. What's happening in the run game? You're having sex in the run game, man. I, I know Pony loves my reactions to be organic. Unfortunately, I saw Doran tweeting gleefully about this. He means to say success. He says sex. Just having sex out there in the run game. You Doran want to build everything off the run game. Um, if you can run the football, if you can find ways to have sex in the run game, um, it makes throwing the ball easy. Uh, Doran said it's all about the motion in the ocean when you're having sex in the run. They're really, really, really going to pound the football next year. Oh, yeah. In related news, Pitt got a commitment from Sarah J today. Um, there's like not, that horse? There's, no, because there's absolutely nothing I can say that won't get all of us in at least some trouble as a follow-up joke to that. Johnny Sin's announcing he has college <laughs> eligibility left. <laughs> I would like to see, I mean, how many years now have we had the, the freedom of the transfer portal? Like, what year are we in? Mm. Oh, boy. Well, it's all post-COVID. Yeah, so it's like right. the third year or fourth year of it now. I, I would like to see once we're like a full rotation through like four or five years. Mm -hmm. I want to know like on average how many kids actually stay at their original school. Good question. Really good question. I feel like it's a lot higher percentage than people would think. Well, what, do you, what percentage do you think people would think? I don't know. I guess when people hear transfer portal, my, my just initial thought is they assume that guy's as good as gone because you hear about this. Like Addison, he goes to USC and all that. And I just think people assume once the guy's name is in the portal, forget about him. He's never coming back. When in, obviously in cases that doesn't happen. The guy just pulls his name back out of the portal and stays. You know, I mean, this is where I, I think as a – and you know it's funny? Pat Forty, big college football writer, obviously – I had an idea years and years ago on the air that got derided and made fun of. And at least to some small extent, 40s basically repurposing it here. I said, 
make them employees, do collective bargaining. They don't have to go to class anymore, which he's like positing. A lot of people think could be the end game here. He said, make the schools rent the, the intellectual property. Like Alabama has to pay if they want to be called the Crimson Tide and all that. Make them pay, make these programs pay to use the facilities that have become so iconic and stuff and just make it what it is, which is semi-professional football and completely divorce it from the universities themselves. Because you know the programs themselves need that basic affiliation with a school, even if it's not formalized and the players don't go to class, to be as popular with people as they are. I heard Bostic talking about this today, and he made a point that I didn't completely agree with, and I love Pat. He said, this is just, he didn't say this exactly, I'm paraphrasing. This is just more haves and have-nots in college football, and schools can't keep up. And I heard that, and I'm thinking to myself, at what point did, say, Toledo have a real chance of keeping up with Alabama or USC? Hell, like, before NIL, did Pitt have a chance of keeping up with Ohio State and Michigan no. and Alabama and USC? So how has it really changed? It's just all it's out given, in the open now. It's given people, now that it's quote-unquote all out in the open, it's given, I think, people, how can we compete with this? You weren't beforehand when the money was in a paper right. bag okay, on somebody's so doorstep. Right, okay, this sucks. Like, you do a great job, you find Jordan Addison. He wins the Bolitnikoff Award. He leaves for greener pastures, more money. That blows. Mm -hmm. But you know what you can do? If there's a guy at USC who's good, but he's buried on their depth chart, he's a five-star star guy who's getting no playing time, you can get that guy on your team almost immediately. Isn't that what they that's just what did, they did with Bama's with the quarterback? Alabama quarterback? Yes. How about a guy that's at, I'll use another Mac school. He's at Ohio. Wasn't the Titsworth kid there? Parker Titsworth. Parker Titsworth. I like that Granada kid. Mumfield uh, was from Akron. Right. He was a zip. Guys at, at the Mac. Ben Roethlisberger. If Ben Roethlisberger were playing college football now, he wouldn't have finished it out at Miami, Ohio. He Who's he endorsing? Who's giving him, like, one of those big product endorsements? Is he a Subway guy? This cold-cut combo, he's doing it like Happy Gilmore. I eat three of them a day yeah, to Caleb keep Williams me strong. Caleb Dr. Pepper. He was doing uh, so fans So is, is Ben doing, like, Jimmy John's or something? I but, eat three, you know, gargantuans a day. But you know what I mean? Like, you can poach those FCS in. Yes, you should, and you should be. five schools, so I don't know. Jared Verse, who's going to go very high in the draft, went to where before he went to Florida State, Donnie? Jared Verse. Albany. Come is your name Donnie? I didn't think he knew, and I wanted to just bail him out there. Would you have said Albany? No. Okay, good job, Pony. Can't sneak any of past the, this guy. The other, the other thing that's going to suck, too, is just the like little tradition of sitting around with your buddies, and you like name a player, and you, you got to have somebody say like where the guy went to school. Just, I know you two have done that. It'll now just you're create a new guys. debate, though. You'll have to say, like, is that the authentic school? Like, if somebody says Jordan Addison, and they go USC, you go, eh. Is yeah, he more I mean, Pitt like, or is he more USC? Like, I don't know. Like you throw out like a, a JT Daniels, you got to list off five schools. Well, the game can only take so long. You be into the next day, you finally get to the last one. They should invent the alt. They should invent uh, the grid before college football. Now that these guys are playing for so much. At the craps table, I'm going back. Breaking news: Nick Saban joining College Game Day. Going to work for ESPN this fall. Think he wrote any of those oatmeal cream pies into his contract? There will be a fresh box at every stop. I think that means Corso's out. And Corso was great back when I was getting into college football in the late 90s and early 2000s. But it just got hard to watch him 
post-stroke. You know, I think it was time. Well, I They'll think, probably bring him back every once in a while because Herb Street Well, I think, yeah, I read a really nice piece about— He can be analyst about, emeritus. I, re- I read a really nice piece about Herb Street um, and how he takes care of Corso. I guess Corso, I never knew this, is like the basically the director of something or other for like a, another company. He has like a regular job and really? still— Yeah, like still does this job. A buddy of mine, Alex Kirshner, wrote a great deep dive about their relationship— but I guess Corso's problem right now is only that, for speaking purposes, it's just hard for him to get the words out the way he wants. But, like, unfortunately, the mind is as sharp as ever with him. His ability, unfortunately, for TV to express himself that way is not what it used to be. But, yes, I think you're right. Saban's going to do a good job, too. I'm not sure about that. I think he will. What I think makes he's you think he'll be good? I think, he's, I think he's got a lot of charisma. I don't think you can be as good of a recruiter as he was without being able to go into somebody's living room back when that was what it was mainly about and charm the parents and sell the kid. You have to have a basic level of charisma to do that, and I think he does. I think he'll be, for example, I think he will be much better on college game day than Urban Meyer is on Fox. I think Urban Meyer is just Well, that's just not exactly brutal. a high bar well, I just clear. said much better. Um, I just, I think he is one of those guys who once he's away from the grind and the stress and he knows there's not like a title to win and he's just there talking football, I think he will be engaging and I think he'll have fun. I think that Belichick is going to be better at the broadcasting thing. Among those two guys. I think he's, I'm the exact opposite. I've just seen I think Bill he's the on, bigger wild card. I've just seen Bill on TV when it's not him in a press conference or getting ready for a Patriots game or after a Patriots game and he's just engaging. Question, do you think Bill clearly wanting to get back into coaching still is going to make him more or less likely to really let it all hang out on TV? Less because he would say, I can't alienate people if I'm really honest. I might, like, piss somebody off who could hire me. More engaging because he feels like I didn't get a job because people don't like the way I present myself, like, publicly. I've got to show that there's a fun Bill Belichick underneath that. I think probably more would be my answer, but I— I don't know. I'm I'm going back and forth on this. I think part of the reason why he didn't get the Atlanta job is because he didn't want to go there and just be uh, Joe Namath in a Rams uniform. So where or won't Franco he be Harris that guy? in Seattle? Oh, you mean he he might know he's kind of done done. Well, he goes there and he wins like six games a year, or seven games a year, and he limps to the Don Shula finish line. Mm-hmm. I think he'd rather go somewhere where he knows. Oh, I can win a Super Bowl there. Jay Glazer went Buffalo. on McAfee and said he thinks he'll be back coaching next year, I believe it was. Yeah, I definitely think, back coaching. Well, because I think the TV thing will help him. I think he'll – like, he I'm was, not positive he'll be back coaching, He was man. so great on that NFL 100 thing, and he showed personality. They had Joe Green on. The first question he asked Green was not some uh, dry question about football. He asked him, how many takes did, did you need to get the Coke commercial done right? Like, he – there, there is a soft side and a funny side of Belichick. I don't he think just, he'll ever coach again. I don't think it'll matter. Damn. I think that the desire for full control of personnel is going to be a huge... I think someone will get desperate enough to do it. Really? Yeah. I Why do. wouldn't you just hire... Hold on. Why wouldn't you just hire a younger guy who's out there? Because now there's a. it seems like there's a plethora of candidates every year that people tend to like. If Vrabel, who's much younger... Even with a little bit of a prickly reputation, maybe, and apparently being so physically large, he intimidates half the teams who would hire him. If Rabel couldn't get a job, why would Bill Belichick? If Pete Carroll got fired and then didn't get seriously, you know, he just stayed with the Seahawks in that advisory role, whatever it's going to be, even though he clearly wants to coach and he's got a boundless energy, 
and presents front-facing, presents way better than Bill, and frankly has done a better coaching job recently than Bill, why is Bill going to get one? Because I think billionaires get frustrated when they're not winning. They'll time away from it for Belichick, like a year in between. The Patriots' lack of success is in the rearview mirror a little bit, and I think someone will say, oh, wait, the greatest coach of all time is available? Why the hell not? It doesn't have to be a long-term marriage. He's in his 70s. Let's try it out for two or three years and see where it takes us, especially if it's a team that's close to winning and can't get over the hump. And the roster's already turnkey. Doesn't need a makeover where he's going to screw it up as the czar of football for them. That's what I'll take I think you. I'll take you and Donnie. We'll go to some sort of you know bar that we want to go to, and I'll I'll pick up the tab for you boys if he gets a job next year. Well, I'm st- we're still gonna we still owe you for uh, true black and gold bets. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You, you came from <laughs> making bets with your own money to winning on parlays late in the year. <laughs> a true American success story. All right. So we have Art Rooney here with Pomp. Pomp has such a fine touch with these things. He knows Art personally. There's a rapport there. So Art is going to give, I think, no no offense to any other Steelers reporter, but Art's comfortable with with uh, Bob and is going to give Bob better answers. So I have a bunch of clips here that we're just going to roll through and react to. The first one is a basic one by Bob. He asked Art why Arthur Smith was the right guy for the job. No, Arthur has uh, great experience, obviously, uh, as a coordinator in Tennessee uh, for a few years there. And then uh, as a head coach, uh, you know, that's great experience. He just seemed like a good fit. And Mike was very comfortable with him. And uh, I think his offensive uh, mindset is is what we're looking for. So we're, we're excited to have Arthur in the building. Mindset thing we knew about, that they're both at their core, guys that want to be physical and run the football. And they want that to be the foundation of the team. Comfort from Mike, Comfort I think we knew Mike. about too. Yep, because Smith talked so glowingly of I, of kind of having leaned on him a little bit. I just I, I'm not sold on the fact that the, the failure and his good experience, like uh, Art said, there are a lot of guys. If you go back and look, who were failed head coaches who got offensive coordinator gigs and then they sucked in that role too. In fact, the last coach to get fired as a head coach who was demoted to an offensive coordinator, who then took an offense as offensive coordinator and made it a top 10 offense, was Ken Wisenhunt with the Chargers. He got fired in Tennessee, and he went and, and coached Phillip Rivers. Man, how much time did it take you to go through all of those parameters to get that? A little while. So it's like five or six or seven years since that's happened. Yeah, my thought. It a lot those, of these guys have gotten fired, and they've been one yeah. and done or two and done with their new teams. My thought with those guys is, I always wonder if if you've had success enough as a coordinator, specifically on offense, to get a job as a head coach, and then you fail at the head coaching part of it. I just wonder if the blooms off the rose. And I always will wonder in any of their cases, not just Smiths, but how much is the initial success that got you on the radar just a byproduct in many ways of the players you happen to have. This guy keeps getting head, or he kept getting head coaching jobs. Josh McDaniels would boomerang back and forth to that from Denver back to an OC, back to Las Vegas, and now obviously losing that job. And it was pretty obvious that it was easy for Josh McDaniels to make good offenses when it was Tom Brady he was coaching. Like I, I still look at Derrick Henry as that guy for Arthur Smith. Here is Rooney on who benefits the most on offense from the Smith hire. 
Arthur, number one, is is going to have to impact the quarterback and, and Kenny in particular. He's been around a lot of a lot of football over the years and has great experience. And uh, he'll make a decision on kind of where where the emphasis needs to be and and how we put our personnel in the best uh, best situations to be uh, successful. All right. So Kenny gets his name thrown out there. Not a tight end. Not a running back. The guys Arthur Smith has worked with recently who are very much like Kenny Pickett in terms of pedigree and quite honestly build and play style contributed to 7 and 10, 7 and 10 and set well two 7 and 10s because Matt Ryan does not fit in that box. Taylor Heineke is just Kenny Pickett, is he not? He's a generic brand version. Are you sure that Kenny Pickett isn't the generic brand Taylor Heineke or is the whole point here that we're both we're talking about two generic versions? He's a family dollar version of Kenny. What about Dollar General? How about Dollar Tree? You might have me beat. I think we've gone through all the dollar stores. Uh, here is Art Rooney on, is Heinz Ward going to be their next receivers coach, asked by Pomp. It's too early for me to say kind of, you know, who will fill that role. Mike and, and Arthur are, you know, looking at the uh, the options there, and uh, and I'm sure they'll do a good job filling the position. And we love Heinz. You know, that that's going to be a, a decision that Mike and Arthur will have to, to make in the next, uh, you know, week or so probably. Uh, I've I've heard phone calls and messages that get sent after somebody loses out on a job and they still respect the person. That's kind of what that sounds like to me. We love Heinz. I'm going to let them make the decision, but hey, when it's not Heinz, I just want to let you guys know that's not in any way a sign that we think less of Heinz or didn't think Heinz could do a good job. We just went with somebody else. Like, you hear that when you w- would watch Hard Knocks, you'd see that, when they would when a player would get cut. Hey, nothing against you, man. You just got caught up in a numbers game. Mm-hmm. So you did nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. You did everything you could to make this team. But you didn't. But we need your playbook, and we need you to Give us your key card and get the hell out of here. Yes. Yeah. Funny how that works. So that answer makes me think that Hines will not be uh, the wide receivers coach. Okay, let's go through some of the picket things. This is a good question by Pompiani. He asks, uh, how do you feel, Art Rooney, about Kenny Pickett losing out on evaluation time last year because he got injured and then lost his job to Mason? It was too bad. Kenny got hurt, couldn't finish the season, and you know would have liked to have seen you know what he did down the stretch. Obviously, uh, the season before he got stronger down the stretch, and so it would have been nice to see that. You know what Mason came in and did was was great too. So. Uh, you know, we wound up finishing the season strong with Mason and and made the uh, made the playoff. So uh, that's the way things roll sometimes. That's yeah, just honestly, man. You know, I don't love that answer. He's like, well, he got stronger down the stretch in his first year. Maybe it would have happened this year. The carryover from that is supposed to be at the beginning of this year. You're supposed to get stronger down the stretch as a rookie and then carry that momentum and that that clear build you've done to your, to get better. And it's supposed to show up early. He was very bad most of their early games. There's a part of me that thinks, there's a part of me here after hearing that answer, that thinks that Art wanted Pickett to go back in. And knew he couldn't do that in good conscience or call that shot from the owner's box? Yeah. It would have been nice to see. He said it twice. I mean, yeah, it sounded to me like maybe that, but definitely just lamenting the injury in general. Like, but it then, almost wasn't worth... Like but, it was Mason, wi- but it was within their control to put him sure. back in, Chris. I think Art, though, would have... E- I think that makes it very clear that Mike had made his decision, and I think Art had to know there's no way we can 
There's no way we can do this. It'll be a mutiny on that. Bob, a Bob, Bob Bompiani. Bob asked Art what Kenny has to do to prove he's the man. Obviously, we want to see Kenny take the next step. The first two seasons, what we saw were not bad. I'm not going to say that. I think he showed himself to be a winner. He showed somebody that that is uh, can bring a team back from behind and, and late in a game. So you know, a lot of positives from Kenny in the first two seasons, and we just need to see him take the next step. Yeah, that answer makes me think that Art wants Kenny to get a shot with the new offensive coordinator. Well, he does because he also is the guy who had to put his seal of approval on picking the guy in the first place, and it will come back to him to some degree if Kenny just can't get it done. I... Again, this is where I, I get frustrated, though, as somebody that is trying to keep it real here and not just... When keeping it real goes wrong. Hmm. Remember what that a, What a great... Uh, just a great, great skit. Uh, Didn't the guy, they do the penis and the popcorn trick on that one? Uh, was it that part of Chappelle's show? That I know... I No, that wasn't the same as the wrap it up box. Was that Chappelle? It might have been, but I'm, I'm having trouble that like, one, remembering that one. Man, it might not have been. Anyway, no, no, no. You know, just quickly. The stuff about he's a winner. I know it's not an intangible. He's got that quality. He, late in games, he's made plays. It just feels like it's it, it's disingenuous to not also note, as Hart has to be aware on some level, that many of Kenny's numbers for guys who have thrown as many passes in the NFL as Kenny has and started as many games are historically bad, and and, and kind of weak as far as touchdowns go. Here is uh, Bob asking Art why he's convinced that Mike Tomlin is the right coach. So when you see Mike's interaction with players in the building and, and uh, certainly the respect that particularly the veteran players have for him and th- their belief in him, Mike is, uh, is one of the best coaches in the league as far as I'm concerned, and we're, we're happy we have him. Yeah, there's just no indication there that there's any kind of disappointment and the way Mike has contributed to them having such a long playoff drought. I also think it's telling that when he said the type of players who respond to Mike and listen to Mike, he said veteran players. He didn't say young players. He could have said the well, way he that... said that already once before this interview. Though. No, he that's said right. He gets, he gets through to 20-year-olds. He, he still reaches them. Well, now I guess he wanted to cover the gamut and say, well, um, I, left him, I left out the old heads last time. In, in an attempt to be fair here, I think that there are things that we will never know about the way Mike acts behind the scenes. Many of them, oh, these guys love him, but also sometimes he is like the disciplinarian or he is occasionally saying what needs to be said. But like, man, you still got to produce results. It's a results-based business. Let's give Donnie one of these. Let's hit, Let's run it through the Donnie football filter. Ooh. Bob asking, are, do you want Mason Rudolph back? Yeah, certainly what Mason did down the stretch was impressive. And, uh, you know, Mason's always been strong as a deep passer, and that, you know, that's uh, one of the strengths of his game. And uh, he showed that, you know, in the in the games he played. You know, we've told Mason would, would like to have him back, and he is a free agent, so, uh, you know, we'll see. He, he may have options too, but, uh, you know, we've kept the door open to, to continue those conversations. I mean, that sounds to me like he gives it as, as good of a chance that they make a trade for a quarterback that Rudolph comes back. Like, he can say all he wants, like, oh, we want this guy back. We've told Mason we want him back. But, hey, he is a free agent. And there's gonna, gonna... Yeah, like, he's got options, but the door will be open for him. We'll leave the light on for him. You know what that is? The way that I would interpret that, I think Donnie's onto something. 
Doesn't that sound more to you like, hey, go into free agency, see what's out there, and come back to us? A lot of Steelers insiders have said, hey, uh, Kabali said this, if the Steelers really wanted to keep Mason Rudolph, start negotiating with him now. Mm-hmm. Try to get an idea of what he wants. Let them know what you think he's worth. Before he gets to free agency and there are other teams that can outbid you or one-up you, like, get going on it. Prevent that from happening. But they're like, eh, it's, it's, it's like, it's what we've said. They're, they're not hoodwinked by what he did late in the year. They're not looking at him as some guy that they need back. If they did, they they Art would make it sound like they're going to make more of an effort to prevent him from getting into free agency. Usually when a guy gets into free agency, he's gone because better offers exist. Yep. Cam Sutton's a ex- good example of that last uh, spring. I just think they're very much hoping that he goes out there and someone makes a good enough offer that it makes it very easy and, for and them. And they say, good for you, Mason. I, I've said this before. I've made Give this, him a nice pat on the I've fanny. made this comparison. Congratulations, Mason. They want to happen to him in free agency what they thought would happen when Ben was offered was told he needed to take a pay cut. They just want to wash their hands of it in the cleanest way possible. Problem for them was Ben took the pay cut and came back. What if Mason doesn't get an offer from someone else? Then what? Jeff Hathorne, our Steelers insider at 93.7thefan.com, going to join us next. He's been filling in on the Fan Morning Show this week. Get his take on what Art told Pomp and more. But first, a Donnie headline. Penguins beat the Jets 3 to nothing last night. Tristan Jari, his league-leading Sixth shutout of the season. He had 23 saves in the win. Pens visit the Wild on Friday. Puck drop set for 8 o'clock. Super Bowl 58 Sunday, Kansas City and San Francisco, 6.30 kick. We will have that game for you right here on 93.7 The Fan, courtesy of the NFL on Westwood One. You can also hear it on your Odyssey app. Headlines powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. Malsey. Thank you, Donnie. Let's talk about Shorky Mitsubishi. Let's talk about you getting into one of the most affordable all-wheel drive SUVs on the market right now at a place where places, North Huntington, North Hills, and Uniontown, have the best people. Uh, You'll deserve a great experience when you're going to buy a, a new car. It's a big purchase, right? They understand that at Shorky Mitsubishi, and they want you to be in the Mitsu that fits you. Not fits them. No, no, no. They want you to get the right one for you, whatever that might be as far as features go, whatever model that might be, and they're going to make sure that they get uh, right to the bottom of that and get you in, whether it's an Outlander, an Outlander Hybrid, an Outlander Sport, an Eclipse Cross, or even a Mirage. They're going to get you in the right one for you. Going to get the best deal as well when you get into a Mitsubishi, not only to get all the features, the styling, which looks great. I'm driving the Outlander right now. love the way it looks. You're also getting the kind of peace of mind you can't get anywhere else. That's because they've got an unbeatable Mitsubishi does. 10-year, 100,000-mile warranty. What are you waiting for? Go get your deal your way. What a great day. North Huntington, the North Hills, and Uniontown, and always online at shortkeymitsubishi.com. We're brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Sheep Ram and Peters, celebrating 50 years. Breaking Steelers news. Aaron Wilson, NFL insider. Steelers are set to interview Chargers pass game specialist Tom Arth for a same position with the Steelers. They don't have that position, so they must be 
thinking about inventing it or creating it for Tom Arth. Two years with the Chargers as a pass game specialist under Brandon Staley, who everyone thinks is an idiot. And before that, he was at Akron as the head coach. Three years, three and twenty-four. I'm just looking. With the zips. I am looking for the overt connection to Pittsburgh, and all the connections are Cleveland. Went to St. Ignatius, big school up there. Went to John Carroll, also a Cleveland school. Time at John Carroll as their head coach. Akron's head coach? I know one person went to Akron, but he can't tell us anything intelligent about Tom Arth. Is that Charlie Fry? No. Hmm. All right, Jeff Hathorne with us right now. Steelers Insider 93.7thefan.com. All right, uh, Jeff, what's your reaction to this story that the Steelers are interviewing someone for a job we didn't even know that they had? Well, first off, it's good that they're looking at adding to the staff. Finally. I mean, we've been, it's something that has been brought up by all of us and something that is needed. They need some more voices, especially on the offensive side. Uh, this is interesting. I mean, this is a guy that played, you know, D3 and kind of bounced around some training camps and really only has two years of NFL experience. So interesting thought process. I mean, I guess I would look at him more as a, Someone you bring as like assistant quarterback coaches, one of those young positions. But hey, I'm just I'm I'm glad they're looking outside of the box and looking at at adding to that staff because it's it's something they need to do. Jeff, do you think there's a realistic chance Heinz Ward is the next wide receivers coach for this football team? I would like to think there is a realistic chance. I, but the you way know, you said heard... that right off the bat makes me think you <laughs> don't actually think there's a realistic chance. You know, I think T.J. Yates has a strong relationship. You know, there's, a, you know, his former coach, wide receivers coach with the Titans is unemployed. Um, so I, I think there are just there's a couple of insides that, you know, if you're Arthur Smith and let's say that that ends up being the only open spot other than some assistant to assistant coaches. I mean, I think you'd want to have at least a person familiar with your system and you that you could have it at one of the key position coach spots. Um, that's why I'm, I'm hesitant to say that a guy, I would love to see it for a number of reasons. Um, but I, you know, there's just two candidates out there that I think could fill that spot that do have some ties to Arthur. Is Mike Sullivan a lock to be back as quarterbacks coach? Steelers is so hard to read. You know, it's funny because we were talking to Fittipaldo about that this morning. Cause I was curious what he was hearing too. Um, I think we're both in the, uh, in the same boat that we believe that unless there would be some late movement where it'd be more his decision. Um, maybe they add someone to that, to that room or add another voice to that room. But I mean, I, listen, I, I respect Sullivan. I mean, you know, what he did as an army ranger and, and the guys like him, it's just to me, how do you say you're going to make these changes and you don't even interview him to be the offensive coordinator and that you need new quarterback voices and yet you keep the quarterback coach? Like, that just doesn't make sense Jeff, to me. thank you for saying that because I feel like I've been driving myself crazy wondering why at first there was the idea that, yeah, he's back and he's going to be, you know, why would anyone question this? We're all talking about getting more out of the quarterback. It's as if he wasn't somehow the quarterback's coach, despite that, of course, being his job title. Right. And I mean, credit to him for what he did with, you know, at the end of the season and play calling. Of course, he was also calling the plays with the Arizona New England games and the Indy game. 
You know, so it wasn't like it was just those three games. So, I mean, there was more to it. Um, and again, I'm a good coach. Another circumstance, maybe someone you look from the outside to come in and bring a new voice, but where are the new voices? Where are the, where are the other people that were supposed to come in and, and help influence this room? That's just keeping someone because you like them and they're familiar. Well, how did that work last off season when you decided to keep the familiar in there? Uh, Jeff, do you, are you starting to buy the uh, Justin Fields buzz? I mean, maybe I'm biased to it. Uh, I I like it. I I think it depends what's how many teams are involved and what's the return. I think if it gets to a first round pick, there's no chance. Second round pick, I think, is much harder. Third round pick, I mean, it's the most important position on any field in any sport. Like, I would go second. I, I just don't. Do you think Tomlin will have interest in Justin Fields? Yes. Yes, I do. I do think it, it's going to be what the ask is. And I think that's a big question. Um, you know, I don't do you, I don't know if you guys heard Doug Whaley. He put a big rain cloud over it saying, you know, if he was so good, why are the Bears giving up on him? Because they got um, the number one pick in the draft that fell into their lap. And I heard him bring that up today. And he said, how many times has this happened with a team where a guy they've given up on has been good? And I wanted to text him Drew Brees, but I didn't want him, I didn't want him to think I'm a smart ass. What if they? Uh, what if the Bears like just throw everybody off and once again take a Carolina quarterback at, with their with their top? That would be something, wouldn't it? Oh Jeff, yeah, because Trubisky. Yeah, Jeff. Here's a hypothetical from Andrew Filipponi, uh, 55 minutes ago. Idea: trade Deontay Johnson for a second round pick. Draft former West Virginia center Zach Frazier with that pick. Use money saved with Johnson's contract off books to sign Tyler Boyd. Wow. Um, yeah, on paper, I like it. it, it trying to pull all that off um, and what the interest would be at that salary from other teams um, is probably more the question. But, yeah, I mean, if that scenario were to happen, love it. And I think, listen, I think Deontay had a, had a decent year, and I don't, I don't think he's a – even though there are times he'll, he'll get frustrated, I don't see him – and even watching him around his teammates, see him as an issue in that room. I think he's a guy that you can build with. But do you think they'll try um, to give him an extension this offseason? Last year of his contract coming up. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I don't foresee that right yeah. now. I don't foresee that right now. All right, Jeff. Great stuff. We'll talk again next week. Oh, the best game. The best table game of all. Thanks, guys. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.